literally the place of honor in what we now realize was this moment of glory of the crucifixion of Jesus becoming the sacrifice for us that it's showing that the preferential option this place of honor God is always calling us to reserve for the poor for the sinner for the outcast for the prisoner for all these people that we wouldn't be normally putting in these places of honor but God is saying that is who I'm inviting here Welcome back to Maldoko. I'm Vicky. I'm Amy. And I'm Father Steve. And welcome back, everybody, to episode five of this season of Lent, Lenten season, continuing to journey together with the Stations of the Cross. And if you have been listening, we are now up to Stations 9 and 10. If you haven't been listening, you could either skip all the other ones <laughs> or go back, or go back and, and take some time um, to listen to some of the episodes. We are just taking the... Uh, scriptural stations of the cross that were put together and prayed over by St. John Paul II, and we're using that as our Lenten journey as a Salesian family on this podcast. Everybody's just nodding their heads as I do all the talking as usual. Yeah, the head nodding is not probably super great on pop podcast format. But we should yes. just go, yes, we're nodding our heads. Yeah, he's saying everything right, <laughs> except for podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Thought you were gonna let it go, but you didn't. <laughs> Never. You didn't so let sorry. it go. I'll let it go. Edit that out. You said nothing wrong or funny. So we're hoping that everybody had a is having a good Lent, and so we'll continue with stations nine and ten today. And so we just gonna enter into prayer, and as usual, we have uh, the readings of the stations, and then we'll offer some reflections afterwards. So Amy, why don't you go ahead and lead, lead us off? In- Uh, God of power and mercy, in love you sent your Son, that we might be cleansed of sin and live with you forever. Bless us as we gather to reflect on his suffering and death, that we may learn from his example the way we should go. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. The ninth station, Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because Because by by your your holy cross cross, you have redeemed redeemed the world. world. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, including many women who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. At that time, people will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? The tenth station, Jesus is crucified. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because Because by your your holy cross you have redeemed the world. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And so now after... Reading these stations, station 9 and 10, um, I don't know if there's a word or a phrase or an image that kind of s- jumps out at either of you. For me, the phrase was, do not weep for me, weep instead for yourselves and for your children. The mountains fall upon us. If these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? So any initial, initial reflections? So the phrase, do not weep for me, weep instead for yourselves and for your children, stuck out to me because I think a lot of times we can view church in a segmented way instead of in a holistic way. 
So we view the things that we have to do. I have to go to mass. I have to, you know, have these moments of prayer, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening before bed, maybe grace. Um, kind of all these things that I want to do in a personal relationship with God. But I don't always think of everybody else around me as well. Or some people might be the other way of saying, I constantly feel like I need to do service. I need to do acts of kindness to people, but not keeping their eyes on God when they're doing those things. And it come, becomes almost like this humanism of just trying to be good to other people. And so I like that Jesus is kind of taking our eyes and saying, instead of just focusing on me, instead of just having empathy on me, have empathy on those around you as well. And so to have this more holistic view of being called into action, but also knowing that it's coming from a place of love and it's coming from a place of, of empathy and sympathy towards Jesus, towards his suffering, towards this moment. And so to have that balance, and that doesn't always necessarily even mean that we have to go out in mission in a literal sense of doing service to other people. It made me think of the story of St. Therese, who when she was very young, um, St. Teresa Lisieux had heard about a man who was on death row and she prayed for his conversion because he was not at all sorry for what he had done. There was no remorse in him. He had turned away making a confession, but she had prayed and she also asked God, because this is the first time I'm praying for someone in this way, could you give me a sign? And right before he went to be killed, he actually asked for a cross and kissed it. And so that was reported in the newspaper. And so all this is to say, like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be thinking of the world in direct service opportunities, but even thinking of the world in our prayer to God, in our contemplation, um, to not just let everything be one-sided, either all eyes on God and forget about everybody else in the world or all eyes on the world and forgetting about God, but to have this balance of, of weeping for the world but because we know Jesus, because we've encountered Jesus, because he's pointed us towards that world. Yikes. My gosh. It was beautiful. I know. Your little <laughs> fire <laughs> game is like rosy over there. It was so good. Sorry. That was beautiful. I never heard that story of, um, of St. Therese. Yeah, actually, I haven't either. So beautiful. It's, it's real. It's true. It's true. It's true. I, I it. It. No, it's, just, it's beautiful. Go look it up. Yeah, it's so good. Maybe don't look it up too much. I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> Uh, for me, what stood out was, uh, I guess, just this, the, sorry, <laughs> moved away from the microphone. Um, the So the mountains fall upon us. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, part of the earlier weeks of Lent, you're hearing Genesis, um, you know, and, and all of this, these moments come, they stem from the fall. And then I'm doing Bible in a year or trying to catch back up. And... Right, all of these really difficult things, all of the turning away from God, all of this like learning to be in relationship with God is like a product of the fall, right? The difficulty that they encounter, the severs in the family, the first killing of another person, all of these things, again, a result of the fall. And I think that's what I mean, it's just where I am in my own reading. So I think that's what's why it's sticking out, but that this moment is really a result of the fall, right? That Jesus is on his way to death. His death is like impending right it's right there and he meets these women and they're weeping for him and it's almost like this moment of like you have no idea what's what's coming right which maybe can feel very 
like dark, uh, maybe overwhelming, but I think just that that's the real reality that there's struggle in the world. Um, but that all of it is redeemed, right? That so, okay. Yes. Very dark imagery of just like, you have no idea, right? Like, you know, cry for your instead for yourselves or your children, all of these things, these days are coming. Um, and just that image of like the mountains are falling of us. They want to like hide in the hills from all of the difficult things that are coming. That is so powerful. But also that the reason Jesus is dying is to redeem us from the fall, to redeem us from the sin, for, to redeem us from the evil, from the darkness, from all of our struggle. That like that that's why we can have hope. Like that's why people talk about this real beautiful Christian hope is because like there's redemption at the end. Um, that it's horrible that Jesus had to die for our sins, but really thank God he did, you know, because if not, like all of the difficult things that we do go through, they're just difficult things that we go through, right? That, that there's no purpose or meaning behind it, but that in all the suffering, we get to tie it then instead to Jesus. And we get to like, look forward to something. Okay. Like I've lived this beautiful life with all of the, the good and the bad in between, but that I know who I'm going to, like when I close my eyes, right for the, for the last time. So yeah, that's just where what came. Yeah, beautiful. And just listening to both your both your reflections, kind of for me ties into what what struck out to me was this that the wood is green, um, but this this green and this dryness. For me, I don't know. Just thinking about our winter that we've had in New York, it's been okay. It's winter. Things are dry. Things are dead. But it's also been really hot, and like the the weather's been warm. And so for me, there's always seems to be this constant. Uh, spring and winter mm. at the same time and I, I find that to be in my life a lot you know this idea that okay i mean jesus died he rose he gave us the spirit so there is like this greenness there is always this perpetual spring in my life because i have the spirit because i am you know we're living trying to live the faith and we we receive grace and we're baptized and receive the sacraments and reconciliation and, and the eucharist and everything so there is this this spring of of our life now we are living even though we're going through Lent, we are always living the resurrection. Um, but at the same time, there can be a lot of dryness. At the same time, there is sin constantly. At the same time, there's um, you know falling short and the struggle and difficulties. And so, just recognizing that um, you know these people that were walking with Jesus, the women that meet, met him, the people who were leading him to the cross, um, in the next station, the tenth station, the, the criminals who were crucified next to him, right? They're all living this springtime because they are with with jesus jesus in that moment but at the same time they're living you know a real a difficult life and i think that that continues for all of us um so just recognizing that even though all the apostles they had jesus they had the son of god right in front of them they had everything right there um and then them him being taken from them and how difficult that was but then later on then receiving the spirit so i don't know there's just this constant for us as Catholics, it's always the paradox. You know? It's always trying to hold two things together, um, two, two realities that sometimes don't make sense on their own. But when they do come together, there is fullness of love there. There is, there is a description. There is a, a reality of love that can't be explained in words. It's, it's always holding that mystery together. So it's for me, just seeing that idea of green and dry winter and spring kind of always in the mix um, has been a you know, a real reality for my faith life and, and definitely these days. We're now at the point now where in our Lenten journey that Jesus is crucified in a sense. And ours, obviously, we're not here yet. It's a Good Friday. Good Friday is still yet to come. But in our scriptural stations, 
right? Jesus is is crucified, and so I think it's it's something that we reflect on the whole Lenten season, right? And I spoke about this in my homily a while ago. Is that you know we speak a lot, we're going to speak a lot about Satan, about death, about suffering, about pain, about all of this because we're we're contemplating the passion, death, um, crucifixion of of Jesus. So it's all there, and so it's something for us to like to think about and to to pray through. Um, but I really try to remind everybody that that's not, we weren't meant for that. No, we were meant for life. We were meant for grace. We were meant for living forever. We were meant for joy. Like we were created for life. God created us, gave us the living, uh, his living breath. We're living beings, you know, so we are always, always created for life. But this is, this is a reality that we have to, we have to pass through. So I think as we approach, so I don't know if you have any reflections on this specific station that it's, it's difficult for us so so far away, um, but how really we are made present every time we go to mass. We we are it's representing, re-representing it. We are again living this um, passion, death, resurrection of of our Lord. No, so it's not so far away in a certain sense. So historically, yes, far away, but in this mysterious reality, it is every time we go to mass and we live it in our life, right? With the very various sufferings and things that we go through or we watch people go through. The crucifixion is very present to to all of us. So I don't know if there's any reflections. So my reflection is a little bit less on Jesus and the crucifixion and a little bit more on um, the criminals that are next to him. So the phrase that stuck out to me was one on his right, the other on his left. And it reminded me of when James and John had asked Jesus if when he comes to his glory that they would be able to be on his left and his right. Obviously, they weren't really thinking of this moment when they were thinking of Jesus and his glory. They're thinking, Jesus and whatever his kingdom looks like on his throne, we want to sit next to you. And we want to be in that place of honor for you. And Jesus's response in Mark 10 is, to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared. So James and John, when they heard that, I imagine maybe they thought like, oh, maybe he's going to give it to Peter or something. You know, he's always like Peter a lot or, you know, maybe if they had a little bit like broader sight of what a king kingdom could be and maybe not thinking of this world, like maybe they think like Moses and Elijah or some other great men that they would have known about from, you know, the Torah, the Old Testament. Um, but then we have that language again of the right and the left in the crucifixion. And yet it's criminals. And so for me, just that similar wording of the right and the left, it's not just criminals who are behind him or somewhere else or two on his right, but like literally the place of honor in what we now realize was this moment of glory, of the crucifixion, of Jesus becoming this sacrifice for us, that it's showing that the, prefer the preferential option, this place of honor, God is always calling us to reserve for the poor, for the sinner, for the outcast, for the prisoner, for all these people that we wouldn't be normally putting in these places of honor, but God is saying that is who I'm inviting here. And we'll find out in the next station, like sometimes that invitation is answered well, but not always, but still that preferential option we're encouraged is always for these people. Um, and so for me, it was just this beautiful, um, like rethinking about what we think should be these places of honor 
um, that Jesus kind of always reminded us to to think about in a new way. Actually, I never, maybe I have thought about it, but never just hit me differently now. You saying that, that idea, you know, it's not always good sometimes to mix the gospels because they're, each one is coming from a different perspective. Each one is talking to its own community. But then you have the gospel of John where, where John is, you know, standing at the cross. And so the recognition of this place of honor, that God is exalted in Jesus Christ on the cross. This is his throne. This is where, you know, he is glorified. And then John, recognize, you know, maybe not recognizing, but he is there at the right side. He's standing by the cross at this place of honor. So again, for me, that's a good reflection that I have to take it, you know, take to heart is in this world, as a Christian, our throne of honor is not in earthly glory as the earthly kings with all the earthly possessions and everything. It very much is poor, simple, sometimes with a lot of suffering, but but always gift. You know? So our our glory will come the more we are, are generous. The, our glory will come the more that we are self-gift and willing to sacrifice and willing to give our life. That's where that's where kingship is. That's where glory is. That's where real love is. So it's, I don't know, for me, that's beautiful what you said and gives me something to pray about. That, uh, you know, because even as a priest or somebody, sometimes we're given a lot of like, oh, good job. And you're kind of put on a pedestal sometimes. And it can be very, very, be very easy to enjoy that. And, and I don't know, it's, uh, it can be very dangerous at times. So just recognizing what is, what, what glory, what kingship is God really calling to us and what that looks like. And you can't help but look at the cross and say, that is a king. Right? That's the king that I'm supposed to be like. Um, but that's a scary, it's a scary reality. I can't add. That was so good. That was beautiful. It's a beautiful reflection, I think, for sure. And I think pulling in, I don't know the words, right? Like, this is the glory. Beautiful. Um, for me, it was very simple. Like, I just, like, I think just the thought of Jesus on the cross, like, as a, like, a human, like, man on the cross, like, actually suffering um that was part of a homily that i had heard like that i think people really do forget it and like i'm included like it's easy to think about okay the result of what happened um you know we have crucifixes and we see jesus on the cross but i think just like the real understanding that he was there um that was like real agony that he went through and um yeah um but then also the again just the very simple words like the criminals were there um and like, again, like Jesus just like wrongly put up as a criminal because he was our like real king, right? Because he went out and, and he was like speaking, you know, he was doing the will of his father, right? He was teaching, like change the world forever, all of these things, but still um, on the cross. And yeah, I think it's, we get to like see some version of that at mass, like Father Steve was saying, like Jesus in the Eucharist on the altar put up offered for us um and that we get to sit around in you know all of the the sin that we have and the imperfections that we have and we still get to like be close to him we get to draw near um we have our when we're filming or recording this we have our uh leadership um retreat coming up and you know we just had a meeting about like what this adoration is going to look like and like for all of the planning, all of the talk of, okay, of lights, of where's the placement going to be? How do we make this dead room come to life? Um, it's all so that, like, so we can draw more attention to to Jesus. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. I think when you're like, you know, your audience is high school students and 
there are some that are working through that uh, truth of like, this is like the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist because um, that's hard. And I guess it's just like, what are all the ways that we can like point them back to Jesus without this like distraction of like, what am I doing? You know, or like I'm uncomfortable or um, I don't know what to do here or whatever. And, and I just think it's this station after listening to Amy talk about it and Father Steve, or just that we do get to have this moment of like looking at like the glory of Jesus on the cross, um, you know, and like this, this offering of, of Jesus in the blessed sacrament. I was talking to a friend about, um, in the Orthodox like faith, they don't have Ash Wednesday. And, um, they were asking about, okay, like, why do we do that? Cause he likes to go and get ashes anyways. Um, and he was trying to explain to his like other Christian friends, like why, what's the purpose? And I was like, you know, we have the sacraments as this like real, um, like tangible understanding of, of God, right? It's like a gift to that. Like we have these sacraments, we get to see the Eucharist, we get to like consume the Eucharist, we get to consume the blood of Christ. And I don't know, this one just feels like another like explanation of that, of just like we needed a tangible image of like Jesus dying for our sins. And it was there among criminals um, that like our world changed. And, you know, and as we continue to go through the stations, like more of the words that he said and, and like what happened, but just, yeah, the very simple imagery is, is so important for us. Amen. How about some practical stuff? What are you going to take away for this week? So my practical for this week is coming from my reflection for the nine stations. So I'm going to each day pray for the needs of the world. And I know that we usually do that at mass, but on a daily basis, usually I just pray for family, friends, like people who I personally know in my life, but to really broaden my scope of who I want my prayer to be for and for the wider community. I had one before, but I'm changing mine because of your reflection. So I will take uh, just this, what it looks like to be exalted, the king, and, and how it's it's the humble, humble king, crucified, the crucified one. He is our king and what that means for my life and what that means for you know, not running away from the appreciation, not running away from the gratitude of people, not running away from gifts or talents and not this false sense of humility, but but a real sense of, of humble service, simplicity, detachment, um, all that goes into the suffering, you know, the suffering servant. So kind of taking that with uh, this week and what that means for my, my ministry and as a priest and as a Slesian. So thanks for your reflection. Um, I think maybe recognizing like where um where the fall impacts my life like where like where the hardships are so that that those things can be offered um i don't really know working through that one (laughs) yeah but that's a good uh recognizing the fall in our life is a big not an easy thing but very necessary so beautiful so we keep going keep going this lens don't give up um even if you've struggled or failed multiple times i have as well I'm sure I don't speak for Amy or Vicky, but I'm sure there will be failures along the way. I haven't found one yet, but I'll keep looking. I don't think I failed ever. (laughs) Speaking of humility. (laughs) But yeah, keep going, everybody. And we will continue these next couple weeks and uh, definitely praying for everybody. Please pray for us, pray for the office, pray for all the young people who go through all our our retreat programs and everything. And uh, keep in touch. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
<laughs> the ritual happened. So if you're a new listener because you came on the Sleeve and the Douche Retreat, we're so happy you're here. Amen. Keep up your things. <laughs> and let's finish with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence. Uh, thank you for your gift of self. I ask for the humility and the courage to receive that every day. The daily bread that you give us every single day of your mercy, of your grace, of your presence. Help us to recognize, help us to receive, and help us to, to put it into practice, to put it into action every day of our lives. That our, our faith life may be really one of love and one of daily sacrifice and, and daily giving. So we thank you, we love you, and we ask through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, help of Christians. Pray for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye, everybody. God bless you. Bye. Happy Lenting. Bye. Happy Lent. Praying for you. Peace. Thank you.